they're trying to justify further shit. They're trying to say now, oh, well, just because we want to make sure we're communicating with the public, we need to devise new ways to get access to your information. This shit's been going on for a long time, and it's been a progressive thing. When people strip liberties from a populace in any empire, any country, they don't do it generally all at once because they they face a huge... No, it's like gun rights. They do it incrementally. Right. They slowly... Uh, silently take away right after right and they do this progressive thing so that by the time you realize it might not even be your generation right yep it might be my kids that have been progressively dumbed down or or made increasingly naive about the importance of civil liberties and they just hand them away and we're seeing that now that people that are willingly run into their house and the guise of safety they're trading liberty for security. That used to be a very, very unattractive no, thing in this country. It's a quote. It's a Thomas Jefferson. It is. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to me that people so willingly for the, this is what kept going through my head when I came in here today. The silent enemy. The, the, the invisible enemy. It's always the invisible enemy, the silent enemy, the one that we never see on a day-to-day basis, yeah. whether it's terrorism, whether it's viruses. It's this enemy that we can't control. We can't control risk. This thing is killing people, just like a lot of things kill a lot of people in much more vast numbers that nobody does anything about. See, that's, and that's where, that's where I get a little, you know, this, why this? I guess that's my question. Why this? Why Why didn't we shut down the country over car deaths? Why didn't we shut down? Or lung cancer, or, you know what I mean? Or the swine flu. Or the bird flu, or the many other more dangerous viruses that have killed more people to date. Or malaria. Malaria killed, in 2018, I had to look this up for our podcast, 406,000 people in 2018, many of which were children under the age of five. Nobody gives a shit about malaria. Didn't hear about that. Ever. It's every year mosquito-borne illnesses kill hundreds of thousands of people. And there's people out there doing, trying to help, but there's no public outcry for this. There's no worldwide global economic shutdown because of malaria or heart disease or anything else. If you take the media out of this and all you have is statistics, right? Yeah, saying, it's, it's, it's not th- the same. There's a mild alarm mm-hmm. within the public, in my opinion. If the numbers are, are just the numbers and they're lumped in with all of the other deaths that come as a result of the flu, what you see is a three to 5% mortality rate, which is higher than the flu. Not a good death. My lungs filling with liquid would not be a good way to die. People die of it every single day, especially elderly people. If all we saw was the statistics and not the black and red media graphs and coronavirus cases surge, even though there weren't any tests available two weeks ago, No context to it. You get people whipped up into this frenzy, and they start making emotional decisions about the way they live their lives. Well, based on fear. It seems a lot like Mm -hmm. social engineering to me. I don't believe that people would be as terrified in making as big a changes to their societal and economic decisions if all we were looking for was stats, and if we had actual (coughs) unbiased journalism that did things like this. This is the way, to me, an unbiased journalist uh, should report what we've had recently. Um, Cases of 
coronavirus surge in last week, but that was expected because there were you no tests testing last right. week. Yeah. To provide some unbiased perspective and context, but that's not what I see. What I see is coronavirus cases triple in America in the last week. Well, bitch, I couldn't even get a test two, three weeks ago. I had symptoms, I couldn't get a test because yeah. there was 500 in my state. Yep. Now there's more tests, there's tests being given, there's a huge public outcry about it. What the fuck do you expect to happen? Of course the tests went up. That's why I made a post a week before this happened and said, watch, next week they're going to say that tests surged in America and they're gonna use it for further reason yeah. to lock you down. Well, it's predictable. It's like uh, you know the fact that uh, autism has tripled or quadrupled in the last 15, 20 years. No, the diagnosis of autism, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how many, or, or ADHD or any of the shit. You know how many people in, that I went, not me, should have been medicated as a kid? Yeah. Should have been, if we're looking at the current climate, you know and what there, I mean? And there's a lot of people that, that shouldn't have been, that probably were. Yes. The yep. whole thing was a sham, but yeah, man, I, I can't help but think that because of this, because of history, fear is being used. Yep. To subvert rights. To subvert rights and to <laughs> see what are these suckers gonna do? Well, they, let's see how far we can push them. Let's see, let's how, see how much we can take from them yeah. before they push back. With a three to five percent mortality rate. And again, people are like, you're so heartless with the numbers. The numbers save other lives. Making an educated, logical decision about what we're gonna do in a worldwide economy saves lives from violent crime and all this other stuff. <laughs> you have to weigh that into this thing. When you, when you suppress a global economy, even if you don't suppress a global economy and you just let the global economy do what it does, people die. Yep. But if you really strain that world economy, especially in countries that don't have any kind of like semblance of a justice system, yep. many, many, there are people, and this is something that people have to think about. There are people out there that have died because of the coronavirus panic, mm. not because of the coronavirus. There are innocent people that have lost their lives because of fear and panic-based response from the coronavirus. There's 36 people in a Colombian prison that were getting all whipped up in a frenzy about coronavirus. They end up rioting and like 36 people end up dying. So that's one case of one news story that I saw that I'm sure there's more perspective in there that I don't have. However, it, it serves a point. If you fuck with a, a whole society or a whole world, there's going to be unintended consequences and casualties of that. that yeah, it, it, it's going to, if it hasn't already come down to, is the cure worse than the problem? Right. I've you know, if it, you know, if we end up losing, you know, worldwide, you know, 10 million people due to famine, uh, due to crime, due to due to uh, collapsing governments, is that worse than losing a couple million people to a virus? I would argue yes, if we're looking at strictly numbers. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think we're doing the right thing right now. Uh, I think shutting everything down for a period of time. Here's the thing, Let, let's shut it all down and get it over with. You know what I mean? As opposed to like half-assing it and then having to do it in November and then having to shut down again next January. And, but the concern and, is that this could come back and it will come And back. it will. We know that this yeah. is the case. So my problem is, if you have rights being subverted right now with with the data of a three to five percent mortality rate, let's take a little peek into the future. When the next big scary virus comes along, 
And they go, guys, buckle your seatbelts. This one kills 10%. Or 25. Or 25. Or 50. Your rights will evaporate overnight. And when your rights evaporate overnight and you don't have basic civil liberties, there is no life worth living. This is the, usually the beginning of some kind of tyrannical oppression. This is something people have been talking about in America a long time. And the masses have been like, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're crazy. Okay, but like at one point, uh, Jefferson and all of these founders were traitors and pieces of shit too. Yeah. So it's all perspective based, but what's the point of being an American? The, the I could argue the yep. fundamental basis of, of being an American liberty. In, in America is liberty, period. It's not freedom. Freedom is something that you are allowed within your culture or society. It's the concept of liberty. My ability to move freely so long as I don't infringe upon somebody else's rights in some other way is paramount. When you take that away, you have to start thinking about what this country is and has become, especially based on the data. This and isn't a global killer. This is a, no. a, a this is a, a pretty yeah. harsh virus for people that are susceptible yep. to it. Um, I don't think that the government engineered this. Uh, I don't think that this is premeditated. I don't have any trouble believing that the government is, would take full advantage Absolutely. of this situation. And, and I I don't I'm not saying there's a lot of people out there that are going to go far down the rabbit hole and go they engineered this. I ain't ruling that out. I think it's small on the scale. Yeah. I think to entertain that would be. Yeah, I, I don't think they need to. I think that viruses change and evolve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what they need to do it, that's more effective is create a conditioned response in the public over time. Over the course of years, hey, swine flu, bird flu, anthrax, uh, your mom's fruitcake, whatever the, whatever the biological yeah. threat is. And, the, and now they're ushering in this thing where based on this very light mortality rate, um, relatively speaking, the whole world is shutting down. So what happens when a big virus comes and it kills, uh, like the bird flu, a, a much higher percentage? Yeah. Well, now that we have a conditioned response, they know that there are X amount of million gun owners in America, and America is the most heavily populated uh, planet in terms of gun ownership, mm -hmm. uh, country on the planet. However, all of those gun owners will willingly lock themselves and barricade themselves into their own homes, which means that if you want to put on your tinfoil hat and look further down the road, if I really do want to oppress an armed people, I make them afraid of an enemy they can't see and get them to barricade themselves into their own house because the only way any kind of revolt or spring would happen- Well, these would be on the street. <laughs> and it would, be, it would need to be a collection of people you would need to get close to. So this is a dangerous thing. It's, it's something that there might not be intention behind it, but to your point, that does not mean that people in high places are not watching this and they're not planning their next big move for this new virus that kills even more people than the corona. Yeah, what, it's, a, it, it's a horrible precedent to set. And to your point, you know, uh, what they're, uh, it's Pavlov, it's Pavlovian. Uh, they're conditioning us to hear a siren, head for shelter. Like, that's it. You know, guess what? Normally, uh, World War II, for instance, uh, when you hear a siren, you head to the shelter. You don't necessarily hear planes. You don't hear bombs. You don't see anything, but they're telling you it's coming, right? And this is very, very similar. Yeah. You know, shelter in place, shut it all down. Back into your houses. 
Papers, please. Yep. Papers, what are you doing on the street? Uh, existing as a free yeah. person? Yep. In America? Right. Weird. Well, the law says you have to do this. Well, it's important to remember that laws aren't always just, and they're not always founded on, on we have a, a responsibility to break those laws. That doesn't mean go hacking. You see this bitch that was hacking all over produce? Yeah. Yeah. And people were like, she she tested positive. I don't care who it is. If anybody is spitting and hacking on produce, they deserve one, to be knuckle dusted right in the face on spot. <laughs> and two, put in jail for potentially assaulting or yeah. spreading their bias yes. all over the place. Agreed. But here's one thing that I don't like about the coronavirus, and my, I'm very sketchy about the media. I think a lot of this hysteria is being uh, propagated by the media. I've seen recently in the last couple of days when I've checked different websites, so-and-so, this person that is mildly famous that you've never heard of died of the coronavirus. Yeah, I've heard a bunch of that. Oh, shit. Read the story. They're 82 years old. They're 80 years old. <laughs> this dude was battling cancer for 10 yeah. years, bro. Yeah. He died because he caught uh, this viral strain, and, and he had a pre-existing condition, and you didn't even mention it until we got three paragraphs in. You're sensationalizing this shit. There are people who are... Uh, at risk to getting this with pre-existing medical conditions that get it and die. Yeah. And, and, and this is being reported in the news that they're dying of this, not of, of a horrible health condition that they've been battling uh, for years and years and years. Fair. That's not journalism. Yep. It's like HIV. HIV doesn't kill you. It's the complications from it. Right. And this is, you know what I mean, very, very similar. Like, guess what? The guy that's had cancer for 10 years yeah. and has an absolute destroyed immune system he didn't really get killed by COVID-19. You know right. what I mean? Like See, it was... If you have, for example, COPD and you get COVID. You're done. You could, but here's the thing. If you get the common flu or any kind of pneumonia, you're done. You're done, yes. And so these, this, in this example, somebody with COPD is struggling to live there at the end of their life. They catch this disease because they live in a house with a younger person that transmits it. Yep. They die, even though they've had this condition um, for five or six years. They die because of this, and they become a headline. Yep. They become a headline to yep. continue to propagate this. There's no context with it whatsoever. If you say, hey, this semi-famous person that you know that's 80 years old died, and the reason they died is because, well, they you know, they had cancer for 10 years, and it was lung cancer, and it fucked them up real <laughs> bad, and then they got COVID. People would go, oh. So cancer well, killed them. Yeah, so, so COVID finished them off, um, just like many other viruses would. Now you have people that are making informed, logical, reasonable decisions based on the threat of this. Not, did you hear COVID killed this? I didn't even read the article, but it did because the news told me to. Slippery slope. I've also, one of the things about this whole thing that's really woke me up is a part of the reason that the panic is so bad is because we are no longer a populace that can care for ourselves. Uh, I'll speak for myself. If they stop delivering food to Hy-Vee, what am I doing for food? That's you know what I mean? Like, what, I'm growing my own food? Okay, eventually. I'm hunting? I mean, I guess I could. What happens if I shoot something? What am I going to do with it then? You know what right. I mean? Like, I'm going to have to go find, I'm going to have to get online. What if there is right. one online? Yep. And, and, then, and I, I feel like that part of this, uh, the panic that people are feeling is, is how... Uh, we're really realizing how dependent we are on, on government, on society, on infrastructure. politeness, on infrastructure. Yeah, absolutely. 
I've been thinking about this a lot, and I, I think you're right. In the what is I try always try to get to the root. What's the root? What's the cause of? What's the biggest threat to humanity? Not just like Cedar Rapids, but humanity in general. <coughs> I think people need to look at money and where it comes from more, hmm. because you can always trace a dollar. But what are we most dependent on? What do we need more than anything else to, to sustain this way of life? Energy. We, hmm. need, we need electricity and we need petroleum. If we don't have electricity and petroleum, the entire human way of life present day shuts down yep. because energy isn't, lights aren't, lights aren't on in your home, all of the electronic conveniences that we've taken, if you have an electronic stove, all that shit goes yep. right out the window. Um, <laughs> the internet? The internet, a means, one of the major means of communication Wireless service breaks down because there's no electricity to some of these communication towers. Imagine a scenario where all of the sudden the world was cut off of energy for 24 hours. Instant anarchy. Instant anarchy. Yeah. There's no food by truck because there's no petroleum. There's not enough to pay the truck drivers to move the food where it needs to go. Um, society breaks down when grocery stores are looted within 24 to 48 yep. hours for everything that they yep. have. And that's what would happen. Yep. I'm telling you right now, can you imagine if <laughs> if we woke up tomorrow and we had no electricity and our phones didn't work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, how would, you, how would you even know you wouldn't. what happened? And the, the, the scary thing is we're so entitled now on technology that, excuse me, we're a generation removed from people that know how to physically hand deliver messages to people or get <laughs> messages to people through whatever. My thing is this, the whole world is illuminated by this giant, um, now international grid, right? Power stations in every country are powering their country and giving us all of these conveniences. Sometimes even our capacity to drive is based on electricity. Yeah. When you can't pay those workers because we don't have enough money, Right? Or our money is worthless. If you can't pay those workers to maintain that power grid on a national or a global scale, and all of a sudden these natural storms start happening and knocking out power in this area and that area, and that, that power is not being fixed, it's not being rerouted. Immediate chaos. Immediate. Immediate chaos. Immediate. If, you have a, if you have a town like <laughs> New York City, and all of a sudden the power goes out, and within 24 hours there is no toilet paper apparently, and there's no food, people will lose their fucking minds. And we are, we now belong to a generation, probably, I don't know, two generations removed from a, a people, a nation that can be self-sufficient and trained. Oh, more than that. Uh, Post-World War II was the end of that. Right. Yeah. The, I mean, we're looking at like, yeah. Yeah, we're looking um, at the, the 40s and 50s was the last time. The Great Depression. Yeah. The Great Depression yep. and, and the, the recovery was the last time that Americans had to show heavy, heavy resourcefulness, community, and bond together to just survive. Yep. There were people just barely surviving. Make no mistake, our current present American culture bears no resemblance to the people of that time. You know, listen to this. I'm poor. I'm poor. I made $12,000 last year. My wife did considerably better, but I'm poor. Mm -hmm. We have three cars. We have three cars. We have a three-bedroom house. We have a big yard, like, and I, I, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm literally poor. Yeah. Like, You're however, under the poverty level. Yes. Yeah. However, uh, 
you know, the definition, and it's funny because on one hand, it's great. I, I'm poor in America. That's the best place ever to be poor. However, when shit hits the fan, Joe, yeah. Joe, Joe Rogan was talking about talking about this in one of his podcasts. He said, there are poor people living in poverty in America. They're fat. <laughs> Most of them. Yeah. All and kidding around I, the side. I can, yeah. go, I can go to a convenience store and take whatever government assistance I have and buy fucking donuts. Yep. I can, I can be a poor, fat person with a cell phone. With a cellular device, da 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 da, just staring into the phone. <laughs> yeah. and putting so it in my I guess hand. my point is, we're not really poor. No, we're rich. Like by America. any metric in the history of humanity, that's the thing. By any metric, by any, at, at no time in human history have poor people had it better than I do. Exactly, and the people in America have to understand this. That even though, um, like I, I drive a Ford Focus. Right, because that's what I—that's what I can budget. Is a Ford Focus. Broke the tail light. Didn't fix it. Don't got the money to fix it. Lead a rich life. Get to do what I want to do. Realize now that could all be over in one week. You know, I realize now that you can work for fifteen to twenty years in a corporation. You can work fifteen to twenty years in a self business. You can do whatever you want to do, and all of it based on the culture and the society by which you live in. Wiped. Wipes it completely clean. You know, and you have to start all over in history again. And that, that's fine. I'll do that. Because people have always had to do that, and people have never had it better. However, when the shit really goes down, and all of a sudden the electrical company's like, hey guys, uh, I wish we could have approved that rate increase because now we don't have anything to pay anybody. And there, there, there's no workers going out to take care of Philadelphia for three weeks. That, that, you want to talk about a virus, bro. Jesus. You want to talk about a, a destroying, world-destroying virus. I think people are so detached from reality, at least in America, in really modernized, westernized culture, that they really believe that there is no possible way that nature couldn't hit a reset button on our species. They think, well, look at the technology. There is no way. There's some guy up there not, not the big guy, but there's somebody yeah. up there looking out for me, and there's no way that, that we could ever be a situation. Like, things like the Holocaust could never happen again. The naivety of, of uh, entitlement. Uh, the hubris of humanity. Yeah, believing. It's funny, because I, re I remember being like 13, 14 years old and being told that if I continued behaving in the manner that I was behaving, that I would end up in prison. Yeah. And you know what I said? I said, fuck out of here. Not me. Yep, happens to other people, not me. Yeah. You know, I guess, obviously, we know how that turned out. Um, I feel like humanity's like that to a certain point, particularly in modern times. We don't believe that these things are possible. Uh, we don't believe that governments would want to take away our weapons and then subvert our freedoms. We don't believe that they would take advantage of a situation like this. Why do we not believe that? Uh, because it hasn't happened during our lifetime. Right. Because to us. To us, like that's the other funny part, you know, within our lifetime, I can look at a million, you know, despot countries, you know, a million mini dictatorships that have absolutely subverted their people's rights. Yeah. And, and then decimated the population. We, well, there's genocide going on in Africa right now that nobody gives a shit about because it's not rich white people. You right. know, I like, talk to people about this in, our, in my lifetime. There was a period in history in a modern, a modernized nation where two groups of people hacked the shit out of each other to the tune of a million human lives. Talk about Rwanda. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now, if I went 
to my daughter. And I said, hey, Pace, um, tell me about this horrible event in human history when one million people lost their lives Via machete. Via most of which, <laughs> by, by yeah. a machete where there were where there were women watching their children hacked to death with machetes. Tell me about this atrocity and tell me about when it was and where it was at and how we can avoid it in the future. She wouldn't have any idea what the fuck I'm talking None. about. She would go Rwanda. Um, oh, and you know what? I almost feel like uh, she, I almost give her the tiniest bit of pass because of her age. I'm telling you there's people our age. Right. They don't remember, oh, sure. yeah, never, sure. you know what I mean? Like it, it never insinuated itself into our culture as it relates to being of any importance. <laughs> there, were, there were people older than us and people our age and people even younger than us that want to um, continue to perpetuate the idea that the Holocaust never happened. Even though there's, there's literally millions of people that bore witness to it, were a part of it, Gave testimonials that coincided yep. left and right. There's no, there's no yep. question. Even considering the time frame, we have a fair amount of film yeah. and photography. People and do not want to accept the fact that human beings can do that to each other, and so they they play this, uh, or they have some dumb agenda, some dumb agenda that's mm -hmm. been put in their head. But they create these scenarios almost as an ignorance and bliss type attitude, so that I don't have to deal with the real. And those people, the people that do this, I argue, when a, a real calamity really goes down, uh, something like Katrina, something like uh, a meltdown of our infrastructure where people can't eat, those are the same people that are going to be huddled in their houses or screaming and crying in the streets, how could this happen to us? Because you didn't pay any attention. Yep. Because you're not a student of history. Or you didn't even have any imagination. Like that's- a, Foresight? Yeah. Just... And the ability to go, how has the government helped us in the past? Well, they generally have. They've cleaned up some mess that they, that they had to. Or right? that they had to. Right. Like, I mean, not for nothing. The government didn't make Katrina. Sure. But they, they had to fix it. You know what I mean? I, I have a better question. I want you to point out a time where the government has had an opportunity to fuck us and hasn't. Right. Like, that's almost a better way of looking at we, it because we, they have to clean up some of the bullshit. We talk about this all the time where people, we find out almost without fail that 100% of the time, our government and the people acting within it are doing some really, almost down to nefarious level criminal yeah. shit. We never hear about it because it's all classified. 20 years after they leave the office and they're sitting on their deathbed and they're all forgiven for all their crimes against humanity, um, or they're dead, these, there's new reports that are declassified that go, hey, that guy, yep, he's a piece of shit. Yep. And you know what people do? This is literally what they do. They go, well, that was back then. That could never happen to yep. me now. Those people are the people that are gonna be the victims. They're gonna be the suckers sitting in the- Oh, that's everybody. It, well, it is now, right, it is. Like, I mean, not, and obviously not everybody, we're sitting here having a conversation, but for the most part, you know, people want to uh, people want to be taken care of. They want to hunker down and let Big Brother or or whoever take care of them. And I mean, don't get me wrong. To a certain degree, I'm delighted that I'm going to be getting a check coming up because I need it. Yeah. You know. However, I've been over the last year or so, and particularly the last couple of months, taking steps to make sure that I'm me and mine are going to be okay. 
Yeah. It just happens. And I think that people that are doing nothing but huddling inside and waiting for somebody else, the government, to, to fix this are... The calm after the storm. So we... The, this is a really interesting thing to me. We've been at war in the Middle East. 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. It should be noted that America isn't a country that I grew up in that prided itself on how much war it got involved in, even though it's been at war since World War II. Yep. But we've been at a con constant state of perpetual war against terrorism or whoever else they're trying to make you afraid of. Now we're at war against the virus. Yes. Um, for 20 years, we have spent trillions upon trillions upon trillions upon trillions of our American dollars on militarism that has effectively done absolutely nothing. It's kept us safe. It hasn't changed anything. <laughs> it's destabilized. It's made us less. No, I was going to say, I would go actually it's the other way. Less, yeah. It's destabilized regions and created a whole future generation of people in Iraq. That hate us. I'm sorry to the Iraqi people that hate Americans because we allowed it to happen, right? But here, let's get back to good old-fashioned American capitalism. Um, money. Riches. We've spent trillions of dollars on this stuff. Trillions of dollars on black ops shit that nobody will ever hear about and know about. The, the virus comes. There's no testing available. Um, we're late to respond as a country. You don't have masks. We don't have masks. <laughs> we have a group of, we have a populace of, of small business owners that are on the verge of collapse, um, economy that's on the verge of collapse. And you have a government going, don't worry, we're, we're two to three weeks late, as usual. But we're going to print off $2 trillion of a, $2 trillion that doesn't presently exist, inject it into the money system, saving the day for you, but ruining the day for your kids. And you're gonna grovel at our feet and beg us for this money because you don't have any choice. Yep. Well, check this out, government. If you were doing your job, I could argue, you would have never been in the Iraqi war. You would have saved and budgeted and balanced your checkbook like I and my friends are expected to do. <laughs> and when this virus went down, not only would you be prepared for it, but if you weren't unprepared for it, I wouldn't need you to argue in uh, the Senate and the House about a stimulus package because we would have a surplus package. And that surplus package, if we weren't at war for the last 20 fucking years, would say this. Hey, D, don't worry about it, bro. You're I got good. you. You're good till June. I got you. This is what the government does. We take care of you, baby. Remember Social Security? Oh, yeah, I do remember Social Security. You guys saved a bunch of money and then spent all that shit. So now we're in a situation where we've been spending money on murdering uh, a million people. There's a million people in the Middle East that have died since 9-11, uh, roughly speaking. One million. That's genocide, by the way. <laughs> um, we've done nothing to help over there. We definitely have, injected have not injected liberty into the Iraqi people. Trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars that could be sitting in the American bank account right now going, America, this is what America's all about. We have you. We've been saving money for 20 years, secure our borders, everything's tight. You're going to get checks for three months, and it's not even going to make a blip in the fucking economy. <laughs> Instead, I have no idea when I'm getting my $1,200, and I'll do you one better. Back to your point about groveling and being thankful for a pittance or a crumb. What, after a month and a half of not working, when I finally get that $1,200, what good is that? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's I mean, going to pay everything that's stacked up right. between yeah, now and then. And, and I, I'm going to in, immediately need another $1,200. Reality. Like, reality. Yeah. And I, like, I tell this to people. The government now has this stimulus check they argued about. When people were suffering, they were arguing about partisan politics. Yep. Took a week and a half longer than it should have. It, it gets passed, okay, so now all the checks are coming out and all the stimulus is coming out. That's all fine and good. That doesn't mean that it's going to save my business, but right. riddle me this. How long is it going to take for me to see any dollars to save my business? Who knows? Weeks? Months? Right? I've, I've had now, because of the nature of the business that we're in, I've had people that are uh, suspending their membership. Maybe they're not getting <coughs> money and they can't pay for it. That affects us as a business. I've also had people reaching out going, I want to actually pay you guys more money. I saw that. Yeah, well, that's not the only one. Yeah. We have a lot of people that have said, hey, look, we're going to continue paying. We know what this place is. We know what happens if people stop paying. And that's amazing, right? Those are our people. There's a problem here. My business is at stake. Who's helping me? Not the government. My people, <coughs> the people of my community are coming together to go, no, we believe in this. Yep, We're we gonna you. help you out right now, today. So this is that's kind of a microcosm to the inefficiency of government always. People should always do or be expected to do what communities do. Government should be the last line of defense, yep. and right now they're the first order of business. Yep. Give me my money. And you can't fight it because and, you're within a system now. And, yeah, this is just making government stronger, making us more dependent on them, heading, honestly, in my opinion, in the opposite direction yeah. of where we should. The direction that Jefferson said we would yes. head. <laughs> the direction that says... Occasionally, the tree of liberty must be ref refreshed with the blood of tyrants and patriots. Uh, again, an inconvenient thought, and it will be an inconvenient thought to people until such a time comes that they're suffering so badly that they have no choice but to act. It's funny, all I listen to in my car, right? I don't listen to a whole lot of music in my car. I listen to ESPN or NPR, and I can't stomach either one of them Yeah. right now. Like, especially ESPN, these poor guys. There's nothing going on. What are they talking about? You know, like they're talking about <laughs> the society of ESPN. Is yeah, like down. it's so bad. It like, we joined the golf, or no, we joined no. The, the billiards. Yeah, <laughs> we joined the billiards championship. Yeah, these guys are kudos to them shooting pool in hazmat suits over here. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be like a uh, uh, dodgeball. ESPN, the Ocho. I don't think it's a big conspiracy. I no, I think they're just taking advantage of yeah. what's being offered. Yeah, I think like, ooh, a, look, a disaster. Why don't we take advantage of this in every way possible? I think it's exactly what yeah. was expected yep. by I, certain people. I don't think uh, the United States government engineered 9-11. I think they may have heard a little something and maybe ignored it. But my point is, is I don't, I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist on that end. I do, however, think that once it happened, they milked that thing for everything it was worth. As yeah. it relates to the Patriot Act, as it relates to, they you were, know. They were ready like, for it. Yes. And if yep. you're ready for it, yep. you're a criminal. You know what I mean? If you have legislation that wasn't passed, the Patriot right. Act. Just written up. Yeah. Just written and, up. And every time it came up, people were like, what the fuck are you trying to do? We're not going to give you civil liberties. And then 9-11 happens, and then everybody's like, oh, Patriot? Yes. Yep. Sign. That is criminal. Yep. That is, to me, when I, I hear the words uh, clear and present danger. That's what I think of. Yep. I think of people trying to undermine our rights 
And it doesn't mean that everybody that signs on for legislation is like, I want to undermine people's rights, but it's your job to preserve them. And if the legislation that you're signing does it in any way, your job as a legislature, in my opinion, or a legislator, in my opinion, is not to be attached to all of the sweeping legislation. It's to ensure sweeping legislation doesn't get passed. Yep. It's the limitation of government's influence on, the, on people's lives and on liberty in general. This is why when I was campaigning for Ron Paul, I, I really liked it when people were like, he hasn't signed off on a bill in, in you know, X amount of time. And it's like, yeah, because yeah, they were bullshit. Because they were bullshit. Because he read them. And, <laughs> and now you're faulting, Weird. You're faulting yeah. him for trying to not pass laws that further legislate your rights yep. and, and rights of you know, everybody. Yep. And I'm saying it's not enough to not actively, uh, being evil is not good enough. You know I mean, not being evil is not good enough. You need to proactively be good. Right. You know what I mean? Not trying to push through negative, uh, illegal, subversive legislation is not enough. You should be on the other side of that where you're actively fighting against. Right, where you're standing up going, yep. there's one earmark in this bill that is bullshit, yep. and I'm not signing on it because this is bullshit. This yep. is part of our problem. I can get behind that guy. But I'm going to have a hard time finding that guy. Yeah, good luck. In the political Well, political and world. particularly because that guy doesn't have a place in the government. That guy gets shunned. That guy gets, you know, like, no, nobody wants, really, you're making waves, bro. Come on. That, that guy doesn't even get in the house. Right. Because he ain't getting money from corporate sponsors yeah. saying, say this and I'll get you there. Yeah. What's he bringing to the table? Yeah, because that guy, you know what he does? He goes, hey, you corporate dro- uh, lobbyists trying to sway my opinion, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And yep. you know what the corporate lobbyist does? He goes, hey, man, you want $5 million to run your campaign? And you go, yeah. And they go, okay, well, just take this stance for me that that guy wouldn't take. And you go, oh. <laughs> uh, so, the, so corporate and banking influences do run everything in Washington. Everything. All right, guys, thanks for the talk. I'm back to sanity again.